This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. A uh, beautiful spring day. It's supposed to be in the 60s here today. Love it. Uh, welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country. Glad you could join us this morning. Got lots to talk about, and it got even more interesting uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, where word has broken that the New England Patriots have re-signed Cam Newton uh, to a one-year deal um, to come back. And there's been a lot of speculation about whether they would trade for a quarterback, what they were going to do. Uh, And now, well, it looks like if they do draft a young quarterback, they're going to have Cam Newton there to help the young kid uh, learn the ropes, so to speak. But what's funny about this is that – I actually taped an interview with Dan Zampano. He was going to be on with us today. He didn't think he was going to be able to do it live this morning. So we taped it yesterday afternoon. And I said, well, you know, that's great. Well, then the Patriots thing broke this morning. And, of course, he t- he texted me a little while ago. And he said they couldn't have done this yesterday. So uh, Dan is actually go- has found a way he is going to get free to join us live at 930. So the taped interview I had, we will no longer be needed. So, uh We'll have Dan Zampano live at 9.30 to talk about this and what it means going forward. And we'll talk about a lot of other free agent things coming down. Um, I hope I can remember everything we talked about yesterday. So, uh, But we're going to get to that uh, coming up at 9.30 this morning. Uh, I did a couple of high school basketball, or I did a high school basketball game last night. Um, and the uh, Cromwell High School boys uh, demolished Old Lime last night. A, a Old Lime team that would come in red hot. Great win for Cromwell. Um, so we've got uh, two more high school games on tap for the 2021 season. will be uh, Monday night at Xavier High School and then back at Cromwell on Thursday. And then the, uh, the regular season ends, and uh, we will have baseball. The great news for these kids here in the state of Connecticut um, with high school sports is the CIAC came down with the guidelines for the spring, and any sport that plays outside in the spring, which is all of them except for boys' volleyball, uh, they don't have to wear masks. They can play outside, no mask on. Uh, great news for the kids in the state of Connecticut. There'll be a state tournament. It's going to be as close to normal as we have had for high school athletics uh, in over a year. So I, uh, yeah, I'm really happy for the high school kids here in the state. Uh, all right, uh, so before we get to Dan coming up at 930, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's get to college basketball last night. Nobody really thought that DePaul had a chance to beat the UConn Huskies last night. I mean, UConn had had beaten DePaul twice during the regular season, uh, once handily, once close. The one time that it was close, it was without James Booknight. So nobody thought it was going to be close, and it wasn't. <laughs> UConn absolutely dominated DePaul last night, winning it 94-60. to um, Here's the concern, though, if you are a Husky fan. They win the game easily, however... James Booknight played 
pretty much just the first half. He only played 21 minutes last night. He spent most of the second half on the bench with leg cramps. At least we assume it was leg cramps, and Danny Hurley told us after the game that he needed an IV. Um, And so if, you know, and look, it's a quick turnaround. 9 o'clock game last night, it got over, you know, close to 11. They're turning around and playing again less than 24 hours later. The game is at 6 o'clock tonight. So, you know, I'm sure he's going to start. I'm sure he will be good to go. The question's going to be, you know, uh, what does Danny Hurley do? Danny Hurley, it was funny, after the game last night in his post-game press conference, he was kind of making a joke out of it. He said, I think that uh, James is being overly dramatic. He said, that's what you get with these stars. He said it completely tongue-in-cheek about the stars part, but he said that what happens is is that Book Knight does a bad job and actually uh, Hurley called it a horrible job of conserving his energy. He called him a crash test dummy on the court. He said, I think he was just so hyped up to play in his first, you know, tournament game that he went overboard and he extended, he, he expended every ounce of energy he had in the first half. And then the second half comes out and he's struggling. And let's, and we also have to remember that the kid spent, you know, almost a month missing games and practices because of that elbow injury and the surgery. And so, you know, he's not necessarily in the shape that he would have been in had he played all season long. So that's got to play into it as well. But if you're Danny Hurley and you're going into a game against a very tough Creighton team tonight, what do you do? You know, uh, I, you, do you – do you start him, play him five minutes and get him out of there and then get him back? I mean, do you have to, instead of just letting him roll and play until he looks like he needs a blow, do you have to kind of protect him from himself and take him out of the game so that he we don't run into this again? I mean, it's difficult when you're playing a quality team. It's difficult to take your best player and put him on the bench and say to your other guys, hey, go ahead, just hold the fort until we get him back in here. Now, Last night, Tyrese Martin with a huge game. He's been playing so well lately. He had a double-double last night, 14 points, 10 rebounds. R.J. Cole had 14 points. Adama Sanogo with 14 points last night. I mean, everybody chipped in, and they're going to need that tonight against Creighton. But they also are going to need James Booknight. They lost to Creighton by two points in overtime with Booknight, and then even without Booknight, later on, they lost, a, I think, a six- or eight-point ball game. They were in it without their best player, without one of the best players in the country. So, you know, I think with a healthy book night, I think they're going to beat this Creighton team, but the proviso here is what kind of condition book night is going to be in tonight and what Danny Hurley decides to do as far as that goes. Um, but, it, you know, and, and look, the door has been thrown wide open for the Huskies. They're... I mean, with uh, uh, with the win yesterday and, you know, if they get by Creighton, the fact that Georgetown, by the way, I called it here yesterday on the show yesterday morning. I said it wouldn't surprise me if Georgetown beat Villanova, and they did 72-71. Um, and, you know, Villanova has a lot of injuries, and they're catching up to them. You know, and, I mean, they had to play last night's game without their best player, Colin Gillespie. And, 
give Georgetown a lot of credit. They played a tough game. And they did something that nobody else has ever done in the Big East tournament. Georgetown went a perfect 23 for 23 from the free throw line. No one has ever done that. Any team that has had at least 20 attempts in the Big East tournament has never gone perfect. And the two biggest free throws came from Dante Harris, uh, two free throws with about four and a half seconds left to give uh, uh, Georgetown the victory. Villanova, you know, had one last possession, but they had no timeouts left. Caleb Daniels threw up a prayer uh, that wasn't close. And uh, Georgetown with a huge upset victory. So the door is open for UConn because then yesterday, the other thing that happened is the number four seed lost as well as Seton Hall beat St. John's 77 to 69. So, you know, if UConn, they get by this, they are the highest remaining seed in this tournament. And they are also the hottest team in this tournament. Well, well, no, let me, I guess you would have to say that Georgetown, um, is probably just as hot, you know, and uh, so it will be a, a a fun matchup. If and I expect, hell, you know, I I think Georgetown will beat Seton Hall tonight. I do, I really do. Um, but either way, it should be a good matchup. If it's not Georgetown, uh, it'll be uh, Seton Hall, and there's of course the history there with. Danny Hurley being a New Jersey guy and Adama Sanogo being a kid that was recruited by Seton Hall. So that would be fun as well. Uh, but they got to get by Creighton tonight. And that means that they need Adam, uh, Adam James Booknight to be able to play. I mean, ideally, you'd like to get 30 minutes out of Booknight. I mean, ideally, you'd like to get 35 minutes out of Booknight. But the concern going forward, if he's you know cramping up and he needed an IV less than 24 hours earlier, I'm not sure what you can expect out of him. And that's what makes these conference tournaments a lot of fun. You know, you have to play three games in three days to get through this. In some cases, four games in four days. Uh, so these conference tournaments are a battle of attrition. And, you know, you've got other teams like Michigan State that got bounced out of their tournament. Syracuse got bounced. You know, and now they have to sit around and wait because they lost early in the tournament when nobody expected them to. I think Michigan State's still going to get in. I don't know about Syracuse. I think Michigan State still gets in. I mean, Michigan State's got some uh, finished the season strong. They've got some good wins. They beat number two Michigan. Uh, so I think I think they're they're going to get in. I just I don't know if Syracuse will or not. Uh, the other news out of the uh, the college basketball tournament, Duke uh, had to pull out of the tournament because of some uh, positive tests, and so Florida State. And they were going to play Florida State. Look, Florida State was probably going to win that game anyway. You know, it's been a long year for Duke. But Duke's going to end up the season 13-11, and 9-9 and nine in the ACC. Uh, and, you know, and you could consider they might have been a bubble team for the tournament. But I, don't think they, I don't think they would have made it anyway. But because of the positive test, they're not even going to. They just, that's the end of it. Their season's over. Um, so, and Kentucky lost. So we have no Duke and no Kentucky in the ACC tournament, I think, I mean, in the NCAA tournament, I think the last time that happened, I think I had hair. Seriously, I did. Uh, it's been a long, long time since that was the case. Um, one other college note before we uh, uh, move on. 
I couldn't believe it when I saw this. And I guess in 2021 and the way things are going, I shouldn't be surprised. How about this at Michigan State? Michigan State is now going to have a presenting sponsor for its men's basketball team next season. So they are going to be known as the Michigan State University Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. I'm not kidding. Uh, You know, look, we know everything is getting sponsored these days, but now uh, under the agreement with Rocket Mortgage, they are going to be known on campus and throughout the Breslin Center, their home as the uh, Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. I mean, I... I don't even know what to say about that. My concern is is that this is going to become a trend. And I, and I know, look, the TV people are going to ignore it. The radio people are going to ignore it. And, you know, there's a, there's a tie between uh, Quicken Loans, which, is, you know, which has the rocket mortgage uh, thing, uh, because the uh, chairman of it, Dan Gilbert, who, by the way, also owns the Cleveland Cavaliers, is a Michigan State University grad, and he's a big-time donor to the school. So I get it. It's going to pump in a bunch of money into the athletic department, but that's just <laughs> the Michigan State University Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. So, I mean, and as a guy who was a former sports information director, I can't imagine having to put that into my press releases all the time. You know, but I guess everything's for sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and I, you know what? If Rocket Mortgage came to me tomorrow and said I was now going to be known as G, Gene Gums presented by Rocket Mortgage for, and they're going to give me a million dollars to do that, I would probably uh, sign up for it. So I, I guess, you know, I guess I have a price too. By the way, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you see our new sign behind us. Uh, I just had done up to uh, to promote the show since we were on video. But I was I was looking at it. Yesterday, and I mentioned this, I was I saw Paula Jerry last night at the high school game, and I said, you know, I, I had to sign up, and I'm doing it. And I said, I suddenly felt like I was doing a hostage video. You know those, and I don't mean to make light of the, uh, you know, but you ever see those videos that used to come out, you know, with the, when they'd have somebody hostage, and they'd put them in front of some backdrop and, you know, and say, you know, I'd, and spout all the bad things about America. I, that's what I feel like I'm doing with that sign behind me, but uh Anyway, trying to spruce it up a little bit here. Um, and I just got confirmation. Dan Zampano said he is good to go, so he will be on live with us at 930. So uh, that just means that Dan and I had a nice conversation yesterday afternoon that nobody will ever hear. <laughs> uh, all right, so before we get to him coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, some other news. Uh, the Boston Bruins with a win last night, and uh, they needed it. It's you know It's been a tough month for the Bruins. Their offense has been invisible well last night they took it out on the new york rangers beat them four nothing last night uh yaroslav halak with the shutout it's his second shutout of the season um david posternak with a goal last night early in the first period it's the only thing that uh that halak would need uh brad marchand with three assists last night for the bruins and it was just uh a dominating effort start to finish and uh, if you are the Bruins fans, you love to see that. And look, the Rangers actually outshot the Bruins last night. But Halak was really, really good. So with the victory last night, that keeps the Bruins in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. You know, right now, and, you know, you look at this, uh, 
it's so tightly bunched. A couple of wins, and the Bruins could jump from fourth to 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 second in a heartbeat. And there's still only you know three wins out of first place. But they have got to figure out their offense. And last night was a really really good sign. The other good sign last night, Jacob DeBrusque, uh, with a goal last night. It's his first goal in a month. A month. You know, this is a guy who was uh, in his rookie season had 16 goals. And then in 2019-20 season, he had 27. But this year, he has just he's had a goal and four assists in 17 games. He got benched. And so a message obviously was received. DeBrusque looked really good uh, last night. What didn't look good last night, and this was an expected result, to be honest with you. The Boston Celtics started the uh, resumption of play after the All-Star game by getting spanked by Brooklyn last night, 121-109. to No surprise uh, look, the, the Celtics did a good job of making a game of it. It was a two-point Nets lead to start the fourth quarter. Uh, but in within three minutes, it was a double-digit lead, and the Celtics just had no answers for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, 40 points last night. And this was a, you know, look, a lot of times you'll see guys, you know, this used to be my bitch about James Harden. He's a guy that would score 40 a night, you know, but would shoot 10 for 30. You know what I mean? Uh, but last night, Kyrie Irving, 15 for 23 from the field, 5 for 8 from 3, perfect from the line. Uh, he was just ridiculous. 40 points. Harden last night with a double-double. Almost had a triple-double. 22 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. And uh, just a, a dominating effort by the Nets. And, you know, I don't know that anybody in the Eastern Conference with what the Nets have done now and the fact that they, by the way, they've added Blake Griffin so he's going to be there soon. I mean, this team is just absolutely loaded. I mean, I think they're headed for a collision course with either the Utah Jazz or the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm not sure anybody can stop them. Jason Tatum last night, 31 points. Uh, good sign last night if you are a Celtics fan. Uh, it was the return of Marcus Smart. Thank God their best defensive player back last night. He had 19 points in 21 minutes last night. Uh Shot eight for nine from the line. He's four for six from the field. Looked really good. Uh, so it was great to see him back. That is certainly going to help. Kemba Walker, not a great game last night. Jalen Brown, 13 points last night. And this is my problem with the NBA. Jalen Brown shot five for 23 last night. Son, if you are if you are that cold, give the ball to somebody else. Stop shooting. Five for 23. Three for 12 from three-point range. Stop it. You're killing the team when you continue to throw up bricks. You look, And there just are some nights when guys are not going to have the touch. But in the NBA, nobody cares. Nobody has a conscience. Five for 23. Unbelievable. It's one of the things I hate about the NBA. And by the way, if you know, think about it. If anybody ever did that, in a college game, 5 for 23, their coach's head would explode. Matter of fact, they wouldn't be in the game. You know, you you would get you would get jacked out of that game so fast. You know, but in the NBA nobody cares. They want to make sure they get theirs. You know, so say what you want about, you know, how great a player Jalen Brown is for God's sake. 5 for 23. And you know what? If you're Brad Stevens, here's and, and the problem with the NBA is if you're Brad Stevens, you can't take him out. 
because he'll pout or he'll go to the owner. You know, this is a guy, he's a millionaire. You know, he's making more than Brad Stevens, you know, and, and it, it probably wouldn't go well. So it just, uh, five for 23. It wasn't, look, that's probably wasn't the difference in the game. They're not going to beat the Nets anyway. The Nets are just too good. But good Lord, stop. Uh, the NBA, now Myers Leonard had already been suspended by the Miami Heat for that anti-Semitic slur that he did while he was uh, live streaming a video game. Well, the NBA stepped in yesterday. They fined him 50 grand which is the maximum allowed by the collective bargaining agreement. And they suspended him uh, from using the heat facilities and all the heat activities for one week. Uh, Adam Silver jumped in yesterday and did that. And he said, look, I talked to him. He said he seems generally remorseful. He, you know, and, and Leonard has come out and said he didn't really even understand what the, the slur meant. But be that as it may, you know, there's always consequences. Now it doesn't. There's no, been no indication from the Heat that this is going to satisfy them as well. They said they had in, uh, suspended him indefinitely, um, but uh, we shall see. Uh, by the way, news just came down. Uh, Paul Ajiri just jumped in. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Virginia is also out of the ACC tournament. Their semifinal game today uh, has been canceled. Uh, so that means that uh, it'll still. So the only game left today, I guess, would be what Florida State and North Carolina. So Virginia out as well. So you know, look, and this is why the the NCAA the other day they had uh, they were talking about their uh, contingencies about the tournament, you know, and said basically if you have five healthy players, you can still stay in the tournament. Uh, you know, just as we look like we're getting. You know, to the finish line with this, with the vaccines and everything's happening. And, you know, the state of Texas, you know, they're opening up and no mass. Um, and Mississippi and Florida. And, you know, look, this isn't over. Just because we have the vaccines and everybody seems to think everything's okay, it's not over. And we still need to be diligent. And, look, we saw it with Duke. And now we have seen it with Virginia. So we have to stay diligent. No question about it. It's 27 minutes past the hour. we got to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football, talk about the news out of Patriots camp and Cam Newton uh, with what just happened a little while ago. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call uh, here on a Friday morning. And uh, uh, Dan Zampano and I were uh, had scheduled an interview for today, but Dan wasn't going to be able to make it, so we had to tape it yesterday. It was a great conversation, and no one is ever going to hear it. But uh, he has been gracious enough to take some time out to uh, join us live this morning. Thanks for uh, changing the schedule, Dan. It, uh, the New England Patriots kind of made this necessary, huh, with uh, all of a sudden the shocking news, Cam Newton coming back to New England. Yeah, Bill Belichick gave me a nice little wake-up call this morning, so I figured I'd jump right in. Uh, you know, I when you first look at it, you say to yourself, okay, I need to know the money. The money has to be known. If this is a cheap deal, then yes, of course, it's fine, as long as there is someone else in the pipeline coming. And then you got to the actual deal. And as as we looked at the number... I saw double of what Cam Newton made last year. Right. What in the right mind makes you believe that a man with eight touchdown passes and 10 interceptions <laughs> through less than 2,500 yards, that is backup status, deserves a doubling 
in his salary. Because guess what? Last year, his contract was incentive-laden, too, up to $7.5 million. So this is all an incentive-laden contract that Cam is really betting on himself. No, they doubled his salary. Last year's salary was incentive-based. This year's salary is incentive-based. And I have no clue in on, on planet Neptune why they would think that doubling his salary was appropriate after the year he had last year. Yeah, and we knew that the Patriots had a lot of room uh, under the cap, but we did not expect that it would be spent here. If they were going to spend a lot of money on a quarterback with that kind of cap room that they have, which was what, like $65 million, you figured it would be because they were going to make a trade for somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo and you'd need that kind of cap space. Uh, Cam Newton for this kind of money, I mean, it, look, it, we always knew it was a possibility it had been talked about, but not for this kind of money. It is them being cheap, but also misallocating funds at the same time. Yeah. Because guess what? What did we talk about? We said if there's a guy that they want, they should go get him. And if this is the guy that they want, <laughs> then something is very wrong. Like that is that is. I just I'm I'm at my wits end about this. Well, you know, I really am. Dan, and Dan, if this is the guy, ahead, if this is the guy that they want. I'm starting to question the the supposed genius that Bill Belichick is. You know, because what did was it, at any point last year did we see anything that led you to believe that this was going to be the Patriots quarterback of the future, not just the now, but of the foreseeable future. I didn't. The Seattle game and that was it. Okay, yeah, all right. All that right. That was it. I'll give you that one. Because once once he once he got COVID and he was out against the Chiefs, it was it was just, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was a total nightmare. He never got back in sync. And and I, I don't know if you listened to the I Am Athlete podcast because he was on with, with Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson, Brett Taylor, this offseason. It came out like a couple weeks ago. And, and he he had said, like, he absolutely wanted to be back. He's, he's been saying that me in year two will be way better than me in year one. And he, he really wanted to stay in New England. And listen, with the roster currently constructed the way it is, there is no way that they can improve on what they did last year. But I will say this. They better load up on wide receivers in free agency because they're going to need it, and they're going to need it bad. Well, because this guy right now has not shown, based mechanically and with his arm strength, that he is going to be able to, to make this offense go. It hasn't shown that. Well, one of the things you and I talked about yesterday on the the uh, the conversation that shall not be named, uh, we talked about what will the Patriots do with their first draft pick, and you know my natural assumption was it was going to be a quarterback. Yet you told me you thought that they would probably go for somebody on defense because you felt that 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 they, the most talent in this draft was uh, on the defensive side of the football. So, what does this mean that the Patriots? are going to do something different in the first round? Does that mean they're going to look at wide receiver maybe in the first round as opposed to defense if you're bringing Newton back and, as you say, they need to do something about this receiving core? I just don't think that there's going to be a receiver there that's going to be worth their draft pick at 15. Right. Uh, unless they want to trade back, which, of course, that is always a possibility. Um, but uh, to me, I don't think it changes, but I do think this. We talked about Mac Jones yesterday, right? Yep. I I 
I do think that it increases the chances of him getting drafted by the Patriots. I really do. If they like him. Now, they will be at North Dakota State today, and Trey Lance will be throwing today. So maybe, depending on what they see there, will they really, really like somebody that is very similar, if you've watched the tape, very similar to the style of Cam Newton and has a huge arm. So um, I think that that could be a possibility if this is the direction that they want to go in. They want to go in this new running style quarterback who can drop back when he needs to, but we're, we're going to be dynamic in the offense after 20 years of, of stability, basically. So if this is the new way that we're doing it, absolutely. Trey Lance would be the perfect candidate for this. But if we're going to go back to the drop back style quarterback for reading the defense before the snap is, is what we need to do, then Mac Jones would be a better candidate, obviously. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm still banking on the fact that they're probably going to draft a defensive player. But man, I, I just I am I am really shocked this morning. I have to say. Well, let's well, let's stay on the Patriot front. And one of the things that they've done so far in the off season was uh, making a trade to bring Trent Brown back to the New England Patriots, which, by the way, I never saw that coming. It seems like Brown wanted to come back to New England for whatever reason, but the Patriots. Um, you know, have a, a couple of big names that they could lose to free agency. So does this mean a guy bringing Trent Brown back? Does that mean Joe Tooney uh, is not on the, on the Patriots radar? And after spending $14 million on Cam Newton, my guess is he's not on their radar anymore. Yeah. If it wasn't clear yesterday, it's clear today that Joe Tooney is not going to be back. Uh, he's going to be probably an 18, $19 million a year player. They had him on the franchise tag last year anyway. So this Trent Brown move uh, is a value move. If they basically are, you know, recouping draft picks that they that they, you know, are reusing draft picks rather that they gave up to to uh, to trade him off to I think it was San Francisco when they traded him off. Yeah. So uh, basically, this is going to tell us that uh, they value the offensive line. This is one of their biggest values, and you already saw Dante Scarnecchio, who's not coaching, but. Has already said he loves that move. He said Trent Brown was at his best when he was here. Um, so, you know, I think Trent Brown wants to be here. I think he was uncomfortable in Vegas. Um, he's a huge guy, and, you know, you could probably move him to right tackle, left tackle. Now the question is, are you going to move Isaiah Wynn inside to guard? Right. Uh, are you going to re-sign David Andrews at center? I would hope that that would be a priority for them. Uh, there's a lot of – you know, musical chair is going to be happening on the offensive line, but I think Trent Brown just reinforces their depth on the offensive line. Marcus Cannon also a question if he's going to come back or not. So, you know, a lot of a lot of questions on the offensive line, but outside of punter, that's the strength of their team uh, right now. I, you know, I oh. mean, that's basically what it is. Well, you know, uh, the other thing, you know, you talked about how they're going to have to load up on receivers, and yet news came down, uh, I think it was yesterday, that the Patriots were actually fielding phone calls about people that were interested in Keel Harry. And what's interesting about that is, A, my first reaction was, thank God, please, somebody take him. Um, but but number two, you know, now when you look at the signing of Cam Newton, and Cam Newton and uh, Keel Harry seem to have a, a really good relationship. What, what does he call him? Doughboy, I think he calls him. But they seem yeah. to have a, a camaraderie together. He seems to really like Harry. Does that make it less likely that they trade Harry because Cam Newton seems to have some kind of connection with this kid? 
I could see that. <laughs> well, well, I thought, uh, I thought you left me for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about it. <laughs> um, this, this whole morning has been just a shock. So, Nikhil Harry, I, when I heard that, I again, our long regional nightmare may be ending, as I said. Right. Uh, I just, I would hope, I hope that, you know, he finds greener pasture somewhere else because right now he just hasn't fit in the offense. He's an athletic dude. He's a big guy. Um, he can make plays, but he just hasn't fit in the offense. He hasn't been comfortable. He doesn't understand it. And that's what it is right now. And there are guys out there that the Patriots can spend money on if they want to that are way better. Kenny Galladay comes to mind right off the bat as, as a guy very similar uh, in stature to Nikhil Harry. So, you know, it, depending on what they want to do, Harry is dirt cheap. That's the one incentive that he would have to to being traded and, and getting anything. Right now, it's probably a bag of balls for the Pillsbury Doughboy. So, you know, I mean, at this point, it, you know, I would I would like to see that happen, obviously, because right now it's clearly not working. But with Cam coming back, I would probably see Nikhil Harry getting one last shot. Let me throw a couple other names out at you and uh, tell me what you think about possible free agent interest by the Patriots. Uh, what about uh, Will Fuller? Depends on how much money. I, I don't know if Fuller, they've never been a team that really is encouraged by just home run hitters. Okay. Fuller is an interesting guy, but I think Deshaun Watson more so relied a lot on him when DeAndre Hopkins, even when DeAndre Hopkins was in the game, like Will Fuller, when he was in the game, increased Deshaun Watson's numbers. I just don't see that being part of their offense. The guy that's fascinating to me, now he's getting a little long in the tooth. I think he's 33 years old, but just got released by the Saints, and that's Emmanuel Sanders. Mm, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders. This is a cap casualty here from the Saints. Yeah. They're going to have plenty of those. Uh, I think Emmanuel Sanders has some of the best feet you'll ever see. I think that he would be worth it at a cheap contract. Define cheap. Less than $5 million. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things that we talked about yesterday, and, and one of the reasons as we talked about that Emmanuel Sanders was the cap casualty, was the fact that the NFL dropped the salary cap 8% this year. So, I mean, that's just, I, you know, there was some bloodletting yesterday. I got to think it's only going to get worse. Were you shocked at how much it came down? Uh, I think we've known about this for a while, that it was going to come down. We just didn't know the number. And I think they basically middled it to say, okay, it could be as low as $175 million, which would have destroyed teams like the Saints and the Eagles. But uh, to go to 182, it was probably at a high of 188. It seems like they middled this. So I wasn't surprised that this was going to happen. It was COVID. I mean, think about it. When you lose revenue from ticket revenues for an entire year, I mean, that's going to have a huge impact. So, But next year, it's going to bump up very nicely. This year, we are going to see a lot of guys on the streets that are veterans, that are solid players, that are going to be cheap because a lot of teams just don't have the money. To pay for these guys there's only as there's only a, i believe seven teams or eight teams that have over 30 million dollars in cap space it's not a lot of teams so right. uh and with teams not, and 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 we talked about this too the quarterback shuffle does it continue now with cam newton being re-signed are the patriots and listen the patriots can sign somebody else if they want to i don't think it's a good appropriation of funds right. but at this point they can still do that if they want to so, What's the quarterback shuffle going to look like? 
Well, you know, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday too. There, there, there are some teams out there that desperately need quarterbacks. So you would think that the answer would be yes, but you said yesterday you didn't think that the big names were going to move. You don't see Deshaun Watson moving. You don't see Russell Wilson moving. But there are teams like the Chicago Bears, uh, like the uh, Washington football team, uh, that need quarterbacks desperately. And what are what what are they left with? I mean, are they look? Uh, are they going to have to draft a quarterback, or or are they going to have to hope that they can pick somebody up off the scrap heap that becomes some kind of a salary cap casualty? Well, those seem to be the only two teams right now that have a difficult decision to make a quarterback because the other teams that don't have quarterbacks are probably going to draft quarterbacks. So at this point, I think there is a secondary market for quarterbacks. And, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, who the Patriots should target. Um, right off the bat, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. That was kind of like plan A. If it was supposed to be plan A. And then, uh, and then we talked about Gardner Minshew right. and a guy like that. And those two guys right off the bat, I think on a secondary market would be a, would be really nice signings for a team like Washington or, or, or Chicago. Um, is there a possibility that there's another quarterback out there? I mentioned, we mentioned Derek Carr yesterday. Is he, do the Raiders want to hold on to him? Uh, and there's a guy sitting behind him in Marcus Mariota that either one of those guys could be a possibility. So there's still, there's still people out there. It's just not those big games that everybody wants to talk about. There's no reason for the Seahawks to trade uh, to trade Russell Wilson. And the Texans are such a mess that I don't think they see the fours before the trees. And <laughs> right now they're just not going to get the value that they would get for Deshaun Watson because no team is going to be wanting to give up that much to, to get him. So. I just don't think it's a primary market for a quarterback. I do think it's a secondary market. Well, the other the other team, and you know, I didn't think about this yesterday, but what are the Jets going to do? There's been a lot of talk about that they may not be committed to their quarterback either. So, the, is that another guy that could that could potentially be on the move? Absolutely, Sam Darnold. There is a. I think there's a strong possibility. This is where Joe Douglas's rubber is going to meet the road because he has a lot of draft picks, right? Right. And they drafted one of the best left tackle prospects in a long time last year, and Mackay Beckton. That was a great draft pick. Um, they need to rebuild the rest of this roster. If Sam, they have to evaluate. Is Sam Darnold better than Zach Wilson? Is he better than Justin Fields? Yeah, that's a question for him to answer. It seems as if people are very willing to say yes, but I, I do think Sam Darnold has talent. If it's me, i got to be honest with you. I know this is unpopular in Fairyland over there in East Rutherford, but uh, I don't think they should draft a quarterback. I think they should continue to see what they have with Sam Darnold. I know it's going to be more expensive, but they have the money to do it. Right. And um, Panay Sewell out of Oregon, left, uh, another tackle. Get a right tackle. I mean, protect the guy. And then you can sign guys in free agency. I mean, the Jets literally have $80 million in cap space, and what are they <laughs> spending it on? Is the question. So, yeah. you know, the Jets, if the Jets are not good in three years, but in the next three years, if the Jets do not make the playoffs, it is an absolute travesty because they have like eight first round picks like the next four years or something ridiculous number like that. It's that exaggerating. But $80 million in cap space, like they have tons to work with. 
Um, there's been a bunch of people that have been given franchise tags. Well, about a what, like I think nine or ten guys. Uh, was there any of them that surprised you? Yeah, I thought Chris Godwin surprised me. I I know that whatever Tommy wants, Tommy gets down there. But it's it's. Uh, I thought that they would make a bigger play for Shaq Barrett. I really did, and I didn't. I think Chris Godwin is expendable. I think you can replace him. Um, but again, that offense was so good last year, yep. so so good that it's hard to break that up. I just think Shaq Barrett was a major reason why they won the Super Bowl and why they got there. So that surprised me a lot. Um, he'll hit the open market with Levante David being re-signed by the Bucks as well. Uh, and then Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson getting franchise tagged, I think, shocked a lot of people because he's been talking about getting a contract. And the fact that he didn't get one means that he might pull a Deshaun Watson himself and maybe try to hold out for a while to see if he can get traded. So uh, we'll see what happens with Chicago there with another another gem over there in Chicago with the GM going on there. I mean, it's it, it's a total mess in Chicago. Well, I, you, you, I, we mentioned this yesterday. I said, what must it be like to be a Chicago Bears fan? Because they, they haven't had a quarterback, a real franchise quarterback uh, since the 50s. I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, seriously, I, you know, you keep trying, I, you and I talked about this yesterday. I can't remember. I mean, and you know, I guess you could say, you know, Jim McMahon, I guess, you know, when, uh, but back, you know, in the eighties, but when was the last time they had a, a quarterback that was, there was any stability there? Hey, don't hate on Rex Grossman. Yeah, Rex Grossman. I forgot about him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is the best Chicago Bears quarterback in the last 60 years. Oh. I mean, that's, that is horrendous. I mean, oh. we're starting to think, like, are you ever going to do anything? The, the fact that the Bears have ever won a Super Bowl is incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. De- defense wins so, championships, buddy. Know, that's exactly right, Gene. Defense does win championships. Which is what the Patriots should do, by the way, is they should load up on defense in this draft. Oh, so, speaking speaking um, of defense, as, speaking of defense, I don't mean to cut yeah. you off. But speaking of defense, uh, a, a a legendary defensive player uh, in Patriot history got cut by the Titans this week. Malcolm Butler still had two years left on his contract with the Titans, and and he got released. Cap casualty. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this is where this is where we're going. I mean, the Titans didn't really have a ton of space. And now it's they're, they're going to open up the floodgates with this. I mean, they're going to do it. The, you saw what the Saints already with Emmanuel Sanders and Janoris Jenkins. They're cut. They've been restructuring deals left and right. The Chiefs left tackle and right tackle. Oh yeah, they both yeah gone. yeah. I mean that's a, that's a huge deal for the Chiefs. <laughs> but, by the way, I'm sure the main reason why they lost. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is thrilled about that. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fifty million dollars ain't going to save you from getting sacked by by you know, Joey Bosa. I mean, that's not going to happen. So uh, to me, it's, it's definitely like we talked about, it's going to be a bloodbath this offseason. Absolute bloodbath for the, for a lot of these vets. One guy that didn't get franchise tagged. And I was surprised by this, especially considering uh, their young quarterback was Hunter Henry from the, uh, the chargers. Mm. I was really shocked that they did not, uh, they did not franchise tag him, and the first thing that jumped into my mind is, man, I would love to see him in a Patriot uniform. Yeah, Hunter Henry would be an interesting case. He's got so much talent, and I'm surprised that they didn't franchise tag him because I thought that, like you said, the young quarterback could use a tight end like that. Yeah. That is a very talented football team. 
But for the Patriots, the question is going to remain, can they get him for value because he's always hurt? Yeah. You know, like, can he stay on the field? And that's the whole big issue with Hunter Henry. Uh, he's better than Devin Asiasi, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but you know what? I mean, it would be, I think it would be an, uh, something that I would welcome. I would welcome him. I would welcome a guy like Jonu Smith, who also didn't get the franchise tag from Tennessee as well. So okay. that's another veteran tight end that, that you can go out there. There's a lot of, listen, now the, their cap is going to go down a little bit, obviously, but like they still have a major hand and a major advantage over most of the NFL with the, with the, with the cap space that they have. So this better not be over. <laughs> Um, before we uh, end this this morning, we would be remiss if we did not mention the uh, Brinks truck contract that was uh, negotiated for Dak Prescott. Four years, $160 million bucks. Um This was inevitable, wasn't it? I mean, Jerry Jones kept saying all along, don't worry about it. He's going to be here. We want him here. He's going to be here. Don't sweat it. Yet everybody and their brother, because everybody's got an opinion, uh, had him out of town. Um this this really was this was a no brainer for the Cowboys, wasn't it? Uh, I think they got played. Really? I think they got played pretty bad. Uh, I not that not that they shouldn't have Dak Prescott on their team. I think they should, but he just played them perfectly. He waited until Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes got their deals. Okay. Because that really set the price for what he was going to get. They are paying a lot of money for that deal. You realize that Dak Prescott next year is his first year of his contract is a seventy-five million dollar signing for his first year, and then after that it goes down. Wow! I mean that is absurd money. Not even, that, like think about that's like that's almost that's almost a third of your entire cap space is going next year to your quarterback. Like that's crazy money. So uh, to me, actually, it's almost half. So, you know, that is crazy. But, again, do you want to have to restart at quarterback? And they were kind of backed into a corner, and the answer probably is no. So I think it works out, but it's probably going to, again, hurt the Cowboys on defense because their offense is so loaded. Their defense is so putrid. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of the whole crux about last year. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. It's always it's always in it's always an interesting time in Jerryland. It really is. Jerry World is a is a different universe in Texas down there. So I think that the Cowboys should be successful on offense. Whether their defense follows them, we'll have to wait and see. One more question before we let you go: the odds that Deshaun Watson is the Houston Texans quarterback at the start of the season. I think they're less than less than sixty uh, less than sixty percent. I think the odds that they are are probably thirty to forty percent. Really, you so point. so you you really think I, it's likely he gets moved? I don't think he gets moved. Oh, you don't I, think I, he gets moved? Office. Okay, okay. I I think that he will he will hold out, and they will not trade him. I just don't think there's a partner that they're going to be able to work with. And Caser- maybe maybe who knows? Maybe Casario will be like, I don't know why I walked into this whole mess. Let's just be rid of it and let's go with it. But again, who's calling the shots? Is Jack Easterby calling the shots or is Nick Casario calling the shots? Right. Like, what is it? So, to me, that's what they got to figure out. If it's Easterby, he's not leaving. 
If it's Casario, I, I still would be surprised if he left because I just don't know if they are going to get the value uh, that they want for him. Do you but, think? Uh, do you think? Before, yeah, go ahead. Do you think Watson would be would be willing to sit out an entire year? Uh, well, he's going to get fined a bunch, and then his contract will be void if, right. if he sits out the entire year. Right. So, I don't know if he will do that. I think he may hold out for a part of the year. Absolutely, he would. But I think he'll do just enough, maybe. And then next year, when the cap goes up, uh, I think he'll. Yeah, like, I am high talent. I I am I am taking the money and running, as they say. Okay, all right. So uh, the, the Texans have been a whole total mess. Them getting. By the way, we didn't talk about this, but if I mention it really quick, JJ Watt. Oh yes, forgot about that. Yeah, that, that is a complete, total, utter ridiculous contract that the Cardinals gave him. I mean, what in the hell are they thinking? Giving a 32 year old defensive end 16 and a half million dollars. When you have Chandler Jones on the other side, you have no secondary that everybody's leaving in free agency, including Patrick Peterson. No offensive line, but let's get another defensive end because why the hell not? I mean, they have no idea what they're doing in Arizona. That is crazy. Well, you know, that that contract, when you look at it, is almost as ludicrous as what the Patriots just decided to give Cam Newton. I mean, they maybe they, that's the theme for the week. Then. Yeah, I mean, they, the Patriots gave Cam Newton one point seven five million dollars for every touchdown pass that he threw last year. That's <laughs> think about that. I mean, what do you have? Eight touchdown passes. One point seven eight touchdowns yeah. and ten interceptions. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what? Then I, I am really glad you came on live this morning so we could talk about this. It's going to be fun to uh, watch how you stew over this for the next couple of weeks as free agency gets going. Uh, so let's plan to talk in a couple of weeks. We'll see where the free agent dominoes fall. We'll see where the Patriots are with the uh, salary cap, and uh, uh, we'll see if your head has exploded between now and then. Yeah, you can probably find it right on right on page, one Patriot place <laughs> is where I'm shipping my head. That's what I'll tell you. Well, Dan, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to come on this morning, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Dean. You're the best. I can't wait to talk again. All right, bud. Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Stevie Nicks and Don Henley, a classic, Leather and Lace. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.